That song really jumped out at me today. The first song, I run into your arms unashamed because of your mercy. And isn't that what we're doing today is communion. We're remembering his mercy. But I run into your arms unashamed because of your mercies. And, and that's so awesome. You know, Hebrews 4.12 said, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. And today we're being reminded of, the, of what Christ has done for us. The Lord really put it on my heart to do communion today, and it's out of you know, order of the way we usually do it. There's no right or wrong way, but, but uh, he, he really pressed it on my heart to do that today. And again, communion's a time to remember your salvation. Remember what Christ has done for you. Remember that mercy that we can go boldly to the throne of God. And it's uh, so many times we think we got to earn it. And, and Jesus was quick to say, it's for, by grace you're saved through faith. It's nothing you've done. It's a gift. And so we always need to remind ourselves of that because if you're like me, you make bonehead mistakes on occasions and, and, and you need the mercies of the Lord. And, and I'm humming around here because the Lord really hit me with something today and I thought I jotted down a couple of notes here, but, but, uh, but today we're going to be reading from Ephesians 4 and 1 through 17. And anyway, we did the second half of the scripture last week and we talked about being hungry. And, and anyway, I wanted to finish up with that today, but go back to the first part. But verse 7, and we'll read it all here in a minute, says, but grace was given to each one of you, us, according to the measure of Christ's gift. And that really had been resonating with me all week. And, and I remember the scripture, we've been given a measure of faith that it talks about in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. And, and you know, we always say we don't have enough faith. Well, you've been given a measure of faith. Well, I don't have enough grace. There's not enough grace for me. I'm too poor. I'm too messed up. Uh, I, I, I just don't have it. Well, there's enough grace. A measure of grace has been given for each one of us. But what really was hitting me this morning when I woke up and wasn't planning on preaching on this, but, but the scripture when Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. Then they will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. For by the standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. For by your standard of measure, it will be returned to you. And I thought about that. Jesus said, by his standards, I give you a measure of faith. By his standards, I give you a measure of grace. Wow. By his standards, we have grace and we have faith that is what? Pressed down, shaken together and running over. Jesus created a standard. And we always use that scripture to, about tithing and about how we give back. And I'm not going to really go there right now. 
But just think of the measure that Jesus gave to us. Man, that ought to make us jump up and down. Because he set the standard on giving. He gave all of himself. Do you think that, that he's going to give enough grace to you to say, oh, I'm done giving you grace? When he gives his life? He's all in on grace. He's all in on, on, on all that he's given us. So today we need to be reminded to run into his arms unashamed because of the mercy he has given us. He set a standard of mercy. Now maybe we need to follow that standard sometimes, but I don't want to talk about our standards today. I may preach a sermon on that someday, on the measure that we give based on the measure that Christ gave. Ephesians 4, 1. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. In the measure you give, you will receive. That just hit me, so I'm talking about you. But verse 3, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. It's saying he ascended. What does it mean? But that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fit all things together. And it just hit me, and you know, when Christ ascended, it talked about the captives that were walking on the streets. And that was always a Bible college question I had is what happened to them? When he ascended, they come up. That's what happened to them. They were raised up and they were walking the streets. They were raised from the dead. Anyhow. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the ways and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. How many are tired of being fooled? It says right there, Christ has given us a measure of faith and salvation not to be fooled. Rather speaking in truth and in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint for which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. 
And so today I wanted to talk about how that, that we're supposed to be saved. And we talked about last week the salvation side, but we're going to hit that a little bit today. But, but we're saved and, and we grow into Christ and we become that church that meets the needs of everybody in the, in the, in the body through Jesus Christ, of course. And today that to accomplish that and to accomplish on really who you want to be in Christ just in your own salvation, what you are longing for more than anything in the world that you may not recognize is that you want to be with Christ. You want to be like Christ. You just, your spirit desires to be with him 24-7. And so that leads us into the, the first point. I believe that you will not be fulfilled until you're saturated in salvation. Saturated. I mean, saturated means uh, holding as much water as possible that can be held. You're holding as much water as you can. You know, when I looked it also up in the definition, I'm going to use purple. I like purple better. But, but it also means soaked. And this one here is what, what really hit me. Saturated means impregnated. Man, we want to be impregnated by his spirit. We are at salvation, but, but we want to be what baptized in his Holy Spirit. We can't get enough of that. We see at salvation, we receive the spirit of Christ in us, but then there's a, the hunger in our spirit to be saturated in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Acts 2, 4. And we see that in the disciples. I believe that the spirit entered them when Christ breathed on them in John 20, but, but several days later, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Their inside wanted to be saturated by that Holy Spirit. They wanted to be so consumed, impregnated, consumed, full. And, and so when I think about this, I thought about a sponge. You know, when we do this, there's not much going on there, is there? You know, I throw it out. Did you get wet? Not even a drip. You ought to wait until it's saturated. You're going to get wet. But, but anyhow, but when you go in there and you're saturated and you're soaking up the things of God to the point you can't hold no more, it just drips out of you. This, didn't, this, is, this illustration is not going as good as expected. It's supposed to be running out everywhere. These are good sponges. Yeah. But anyhow, but it just, you soak it up and it just runs out, running out. We need to be so saturated Christ runs out of us. I don't have to get up here and say, go save disciple sin because you're so saturated in your salvation. You're so impregnated in Christ. When anybody bumps at you, it comes out. When anybody cusses at you, it comes out. Spiritual answers, not physical answers. We need to be saturated by the things of God. One thing I forgot to bring was a towel. And anyway, uh, but we need to be saturated, thank you, Lord, by, by the Lord. We need to be saturated by him. The Apostle Paul called himself a prisoner here. And we got into that last week that a prisoner was someone that, that was in it for the long haul. They called him lifers. Paul was a lifer for Jesus. And I can use this other sponge for a towel. I can soak it up. So anyway, he was a lifer. But Paul, if you look in 
Romans 1 and, and, and Colossians 4.12, Philippians 1.1 and 1 Timothy 4.6, we hear Paul call himself a servant of Jesus Christ. And if you look that up, what servant means there, it means more than saturated. It actually means literally a slave or a bondservant, meaning someone who set aside all rights of his own to serve another. That's what Paul said that we need to be saturated. We need to be slaves. We need to be prisoners to where we give up all rights to him and serve. And Jim hit me last week. We talked about uh, we need to stop being nice. There's nothing wrong with nice, but we need to start being kind because nice and kind are really the same, but kind speaks it in truth, whereas nice tries to appease. Well, today I was thinking about this. Jim made a comment and he said, you know, well, that's the difference between servant and a volunteer. Volunteers can quit and walk away when they don't like what somebody's doing. We see volunteers quit church and volunteers leave all the time. But a servant is spilled out and says, Christ, whatever you say I'm doing, I'm yours. They, they don't leave. They don't want to leave. They're not a volunteer. They're a servant. Someone set aside all rights of his own to serve one another. So even when Jesus tells us something we don't want to do, we trust him because we are servants and we do it anyway. We're not volunteers to say, oh Jesus, I chose to come to church today. That should be enough for you. I volunteered my time. Well, that's not salvation. You're not saturated. And that's probably why you're miserable if you feel that way. So we are called, we see in the scripture that this letter was to the church of Corinthia, or to Ephesians, Ephesus. It was a call to the church. It wasn't a call to Paul, it was a call to the body of Christ. It was a call to the body of Christ to receive and walk in that calling of servanthood to be that bondservant. So salvation, when you accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're walking into that calling and we're embracing that calling and saying, I am now your bondservant. The old is gone, the new has come. We like to celebrate that when we do something wrong. But, but that's literally what happened at salvation. We're saying the old kent's gone. I don't want it no more. I want the Christ kent. I want the Christ kent. And the Lord has shown me as I, I, I've been watching. We got Bri or Bryce. We got a... Austin back there loving on baby. And I had another parent get up loving on baby. You know, when we are, again, saturated by God, that's God loving on us. Man, you want to feel love and completion, be saturated, and God's going to cuddle you up and love on you. But when you're fighting, screaming, and fussing the whole time, you're not going to sense the love. He's still holding you, but you're not going to sense the love because you're fussing, fighting, and complaining. But maybe you ought to lay still and say, okay, Lord, I'll lay still in you. And then you're going to feel his love. But salvation is agreeing to walk in this calling. Come follow me and I will make you fishers of people. You see, again, that it, I feel like i got to beg you know, to get people to tell us about Jesus, but, but when you're saturated by Jesus, it's just going to come out. I don't have to ask you to go tell somebody about Jesus. 
When you're upset and something doesn't go well, and, and no offense, Brooklyn Taylor, but when the house burns down, it Satan squeezes you a little bit, what comes out? And you guys have been godly examples about what comes out. When we get pressed by life, what comes out? It should be the Holy Spirit in us. And that's a witness. How we respond, how we do life is a witness. And that's why we need to be saturated. Not only, I mean, I'm just talking about for your own good. But we're saturated. We're going to make fishers of men. Mark 8, 34, Kevin preached on, If any would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Saturated by Christ. He's not here to give him a hard time. I was going to give somebody a hard time. John 12, 26, If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and, and where I am, there will my servant be also. You think about that? Young Joshua stayed in the Holy of Holies because that's where the Spirit of the Lord was when Moses had to go out and deal with the people. Being saturated is, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Being saturated means we want to know what the Spirit's doing, where He's going, all these good things. You know, that's what blesses me about the global, and again, I'm plugging them because I think they're Spirit-led, but... but but the leader of our conference, Heartland Conference right now, the TCAT, Rick Just is preaching the very same thing and nobody talked about it. We found out after the fact, actually his last week was last week. But when we're praying, the Spirit takes us in the right, in the same direction. It may get there a little differently, but, but the Spirit leads in the same direction. We need to be imitators. When we're saturated, we become imitators as beloved children, Ephesians 5.21 says. A lot of us like to beat ourselves up. And some today may feel defeated because you can't understand and, and maybe you're not saturated in the Lord enough to know that you can run into his arms unashamed of, his, of anything because of his mercy. We don't get a hold of that. And maybe that's on us because when my, you know, somebody does something wrong, the first thing we want to do is get on to them. But Christ has mercy. But a lot of times we walk around defeated because we make a bonehead move and Satan has a heyday with us. And to be honest with you, he'll grind some of you down to where you'll walk away from the Lord if you let him. But Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says, For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. God doesn't take the calling away, guys. When you're saved, Christ is in to win. Christ is giving you full measure. He gave his life. So when you mess up, we repent, confess our sins, and he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and deliver us from all unrighteousness. And we walk in the calling. Point two, dry as a bone. 
Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. It's important to be saturated because if you're not, you're going to be dry as a bone. Uh, we've been in a drought, and, and it's been a really rough summer for dry ground and crops. And, and again, I've been working on this project at mom and dad's that, that we tore out all the trees, and I'm trying to get a good stand of grass back. And, and the weather hasn't cooperated. It's been dry as a bone. And this is a picture you see behind me of the land starting to struggle because it's not saturated by rain. It's not saturated, as, and we're talking about us today, we're dry as a bone because we're not saturated in the Holy Spirit. Let's go to the next slide. The Lord really laid this on my heart, and, and I think it kind of stemmed off the old message, but these were three different rains. The first rain, the water kind of, you can see it didn't do a whole lot, and it dried up pretty quick. And the second rain is we got a pretty good substantial rain. But what blew my mind is the, the creek on the first rain dried up in a couple of days and was dry as a bone again. And then the second rain come in, it had rained two or three hours and the creek wasn't running. And I went over and to be honest with you, I love rain. And I pulled my uh, car up and I sat where I could see the stream and I began studying and praying, God, what do you want me to speak on Sunday? And I literally saw the water start coming down the creek. And, and I don't, have you ever saw that before when, when it starts raining and you're watching a creek and there's no water in it and it starts raining, the ground gets so saturated it can't take any more, so it starts running down the creek? I saw that. Well, it's the second time in my life I saw that. A couple years ago, it was dry middle summer, no rain, creeks were dry. And I'm out praying and thinking, and, and I look down, I hear water running. And I look down, and I see water start running down the creek. And I thought, wow, this is so cool. But how can water run down the creek when the ground hasn't been saturated to the point there's no room left and it has to run down the creek? And I started following it out, and I walked it out, and guess what? It was Larry Compton's irrigation. <laughs> That's serious. It, the water it had saturated the ground from the irrigation, and it overflowed and started running down the creek. Same illustration is for us today. We got to be saturated to the point that it's running down the creek. We got to be so saturated in God that, that he just runs off of us. And that's what the word of the Lord is for you today is don't be dry as a bone anymore. Next slide. It says on the next slide that um, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. You may be at this first level here and, 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 and too many Christians, they go in on Sunday mornings and they get a drink but they're dry by Wednesday. We need to get to the point where we're saturated 24-7. To where our, we're so full of Jesus that he's just running out. He's just flowing. So Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Are you dry as a bone today? Then come to him and drink. Second one, next slide says, 
for I will pour out water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I'll pour out my spirit upon your offspring and on my blessings on your descendants. So Jesus said, when you do this, when you start saturating, man, it's going to go on your life. It's going to go on your descendants' life. It's going to cancel out all them curses and evil things that Satan's put on your family because you're saturated with him. And then the next slide is, uh, I think I got a third one here. Jesus said, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Again, when you're saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you're saturated in the things of God, whatever life throws at, you wake up in the morning and things are good and you're just praising God and it's just running out of you. And you think, oh, my wife's so beautiful. And it just whoo, got all over my computer. The water just runs out. Man, I got pretty good kids. And it just running out. But, but again, if we're having the bad times. It just runs out. And we respond to him. We respond like the Spirit responds in us. And so, are you dry as a bone today? Then turn to him. We just need to soak him up. And I, I tell you what, guys, I'm tired of the church that's hungry on Sunday and dry on Monday. We need to be the church that's hungry every day of the week and saturated with the things of God. And closing out here, slide 12, springs of living water, the result of the saturation. When we saturate ourselves with Jesus, eventually there will be no place for the Spirit to go but out unto others. I'm going to jump down to one of the last slides, Norma, because I want to make sure and say it today. But, but I hear it all the time. Man, I want a revival. I want a move of God. The Lord spoke to me, slide 15. We won't be begging for a move of God. We will be the move of God. Think about that. When we're saturated with the things of God, we won't be begging for a move of God. We will be the move of God. I've got Taylor and Brooke helping with communion today, and they're going to open up the communion table at this point. And as they open it, we're going to be preparing our hearts, but, but I want you to think about the springs of living water. The springs of living water that flow from you as a result of the saturation of the Spirit into your life. And anyway, guys, when you get that folded, you can go ahead and sit down for a minute. I appreciate you. But Ephesians 1 through 6 talks about there will be a natural springs of humility, gentleness, patience, love, unity, peace, hope, faith that flow out of us onto others. Ephesians 4.11 said there will be a natural gifting that will flow out from us onto others. In other words, with that calling, there's giftings. And I believe we all can operate in all the gifts of the Spirit at one time or another, but I believe there's specific giftings for each one of us. But there'll be a natural anointing to minister. Why? That natural anointing equips the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. That anointing's on you, Jeremy. Mike, that anointing, Jennifer, that anointing's on you to build up the body, to make Oakton strong in him, to, to lead us to the throne of God. Charlotte, that anointing's in us. Letitia, that anointing, it's there. Are we saturated to the point it's running out of us? 
There's natural springs of unity in the faith. Man, I get tired of the, the discord in churches. You know, most church growth is church movement. I want a unity of faith to the point that we're bringing people to Christ is why our church is growing. But a unity of faith will naturally spring up. Oh man, how many need a revelation? How many need a knowledge of the Lord? Springs of knowledge, verse 13, of the Son of God will, will just flow in you. You'll know what to do. You'll know what to say. You won't have to wear a t-shirt that says, I don't know. This is the other one that gets me. You'll be men and women of God. Mature manhood, verse 13. You'll be mature in your faith. A lot of, oh, I'm immature. We'll never be mature until we see Christ. Well, go read Hebrews and it'll talk about that. Hey man, it's time to get off the milk and get on the food. You can be mature and overcome things. Do you guys realize the word stature, verse 13, means you will, you will obtain, achieve your natural height that which you were called? That's what stature means. You will accomplish what you're called to accomplish. Man, that ought to be confidence to us here today. You will be the fullness of Christ, verse 13. And then I remind you guys, that's why Jesus said, truly, truly, you'll do more than me. More works than I've done because I go to be with the Father. Greater things will you do because I'm not here. It's you. When we're saturated by the things of God, he's just going to drip from us. Whatever goes on in our life, it's just going to drip. Good, bad, ugly, it's going to drip. When we're saturated, we will be speaking the truth in love, verse 15 and 16. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together. We're held together by Christ. That's why we got to be saturated with him. You can't be something you're not if you don't spend time with him. But you're him. Be saturated by him. And what really blessed me is verse 14. No longer children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. It's not going to bug us because our eyes have been focused on Jesus. And guys, I don't want to get into this today because of time and I need to get moving here. But... There's doctrine going around. I wanted to hit it because there will be apostles, uh, prophets, teachers, all that. You just read about that in 4.11. Well, apostles were the ones that were responsible for the writing of the word. And, and I don't think, and I know that apostles today don't rewrite the word. And that's a doctrine that's going around now, and I've heard it two or three times, that I'm an apostle like the disciples were apostles and wrote the New Testament, God's called me to extend that into what we are today, to make it culturally be accepted. I've heard that from people, men of God, women of God. I've heard that. Uh-uh. We got to know the Word of God so much that we can compare what people say and know, hey, you're wrong, brother or sister. But that doctrine's sweeping this country right now. 
and you're not hearing a lot about it. But what bothers me is I believe there's an apostolic calling. And, and, and in all humbleness, I believe that's my calling. But part of my calling as apostle is not recreating Scripture. It's enforcing the Scripture that already is there. What, a, what an apostle does is takes out what Jesus does, sees what he does, and starts planting here, planting there, planting here, the things of God. But we'll get into that another day. But today, our focus is, one, to be saturated because we don't want to be dry as a bone anymore because we want to operate and be Christ-like with our lives. Springs of living water flowing from us. So tonight, is, or today as we take communion, communion is open for anybody. And, and anyway, I've got teams helping me. If, if you want to come on and make your way up here, and you'll have to stand for a minute or two, but, but, but these teams are going to feed you communion. They're going to be in the left side of the altar. They'll be in the center and the right side. And you'll need to go left for the bread to the right for the juice. We're facing you, our left, our rights. So you're going to come this way. Here, you're going to come this way. Here, you're going to come this way. And these guys and girls are going to serve you today. And the only restrictions I have is that you're a believer. And if you're a believer, I want you to come up. If you're not a believer, I want you to come up and pray with me and accept Jesus as your Lord. And then we'll take communion together. But it's a time to examine ourselves and remember our salvation, remember the drought that Jesus pulled us out of into the saturation of his Holy Spirit and the life that we love so much. So on the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread he gave thanks to God and broke the bread. Gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, Jesus took the cup, gave thanks to God, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you. For many, for many, for those for the forgiveness of sins, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So what that's reminding us, Christ's words are reminding us, is I can run into the arms of Jesus unashamed because of his mercy. And I can get these things we talked about today. So Father, we do come to you in Jesus' name. And Father, we do lift this bread and juice before you today, recognizing the body and the blood that you gave for us, Lord. Jesus, you gave it all. You gave us full measure, pressed all over us, in us. You gave it all for us to be successful in you. You gave us power and authority over everything that would attack our lives. You call us your children, God, your sons and your daughters, because of this decision. And so we can boldly come to you today because of the forgiveness and the mercy 
that you've given for us. But Lord, I ask that you bless us today. Lord, I ask that today that people are saved, people are delivered, people are set free, people give you full measure themselves. And Father, we just again make a deeper commitment to you today in Jesus' name. First off, I just want to say thank you guys for everything. We've been beyond blessed. If you didn't know, we lost our house a couple of weeks ago uh, to a fire. And I, talking about pouring out the love of Jesus, that's all we felt the last two weeks. I haven't been scared. I haven't been worried. Uh, felt nothing but peace. Uh, Philippians 4.4 4 has been on my heart. That's what I've been relying on. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let, you'll, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to, the, to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. The night of the fire, first 30 minutes, I was scared. I didn't know what we were going to do. I just said Jesus. And after that, I've had a peace that I've never felt before. And... A couple, couple months, couple, I don't know, last year, uh, Pastor Ken talked about how Jesus is our rock. If you've ever felt like you're at rock bottom, you've got, and you have Jesus, you've got a base, you've got a foundation to fall on. If you don't have Jesus, you have no foundation. So without Jesus, who knows, you know, where we'd be. You know, I, I, I don't, I'm not thankful it happened. I'm thankful we're okay. I'm thankful we're here. But I'm thankful we had a foundation. You know, I told Brooke yesterday, it's you know, it's not something to take light that we lost our house, but I'm, I praise God that it was us and not someone else in a worse situation that we, you know, we can't handle. We have you guys. We have our community. And uh, we've got a pretty cool testimony to share someday. So if you guys would pray with me. Father God, thank you for just allowing us to be here and worship you and just feel your love and your joy. You're the only one that gives us true joy. We can get happiness from the stuff, from the world, but joy comes from you. You're the only source. If, you don't, if someone here doesn't have your joy, they don't feel you in your heart, I pray now that they'll make that decision for you because it's the best thing they could ever do in their whole life. And I just pray for blessings on each and every person here, and I pray for safety and peace and comfort and wisdom to get through any situation we have in this life. And Bless us through the rest of the week. And let us take our hunger, not just, from, you know, not just for today, but let's be hungry tomorrow on Wednesday. On Saturday, when you know things of the world come, just let us stay hungry all week. And in your name, we pray. Amen.